Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. 14 days away from the opening of training camp. It feels really, really, really good uh, to say that. I cannot wait uh, for training camp. I think this is going to be a great year for the NFL. I think it's going to be a very interesting year for the Raiders. Uh, Finally getting fans back into stadiums. Get a chance to see what Allegiant Stadium looks like full throttle. I cannot wait. And I'm glad that we're going to be here, uh, whether you're reading my articles over at the Review Journal or, or listening daily. 4 to 6 p.m. here on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, We're here, and we've got you covered. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in a good friend of mine, uh, a longtime friend and colleague. Um, His name is Howard Balzer, a longtime NFL writer, uh, one of the best in the business. He was in St. Louis during the time of relocation and relocation madness and everything that transpired um, in 2015, 2016, and well before that. Uh, and has a unique perspective on how things went down in St. Louis. I've got some questions for Howard. We don't always see eye to eye on this issue, and and that's fine. Uh, It'll be interesting to get his take on where things are right now. Um, Howard, first of all, thank you so much for spending some time uh, with us in the huddle. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man, doing great. I hope you are uh, too. And, of course, looking back on those years, of course, you were in L.A. then and uh, had – uh, had uh, had you on as a guest numerous times. As yes, we talked about uh, that wild year of uh, of 2015, and now you've moved over to Vegas. I was actually in Vegas back. Uh, hard to believe now; it's 25 years ago, 26 years ago, when I was working for a radio network there, Sports Fan Radio Network. In fact, I I left there. I went there after the St. Louis didn't get an expansion team, and went to Vegas, and then I moved back when they got the Rams, and of course now. St. Louis lost the Rams, and so I'm in Arizona covering the Cardinals, which was the team in St. Louis when I moved there uh, many moons ago. So I guess uh, what goes around comes around. Yes, certainly, and uh, it's it's amazing, honestly, how relocation has affected both of our lives, our professional yeah. lives, uh, and you just spelled it out perfectly. And here I am in you know Las Vegas covering the Raiders, who were in third place on that fateful uh, night in Houston in in January of 2016 when the NFL ultimately decided who was going back uh, to Los Angeles and who wasn't, and the Raiders weren't. And they were uh, down in the dumps about that. But not too long afterward, they picked themselves up, dusted themselves off, and started looking at Las Vegas, and it's worked out, I think, beautifully for them. And I don't think that they would have it any other way uh, at this point after – you know, everything that's transpired here in Las Vegas. But we have to go back uh, to St. Louis uh, and the Rams. And as Howard mentioned, he was covering the story from, you know, the St. Louis perspective, uh, having been a longtime writer in St. Louis covering the Rams there uh, in, in, in St. Louis. Uh, I was a reporter in Los Angeles covering the story from a Los Angeles perspective, a uh, very unique Dynamics, you know, in Los Angeles, we lost the Rams to St. Louis in 1995-ish. Lost the Raiders to Oakland uh, that same year. Um, So, and Los Angeles went without the NFL for 20 years. And it it taught me a valuable lesson, um, 
going without football in the second biggest market for as long as we did. And that is, if you want to be in the business of the NFL, you basically have to play the game, play the NFL's game. And, you know, they're, they're, they're going to want something for you to have them uh, there in, in your city. We've seen that across uh, the country. And, Howard, as I was going about, you know, getting diving into what was going on from the Raiders' perspective, the Chargers' perspective, the Rams' perspective, what were their situations? Everyone's situation was a little bit unique. Uh, their problems unique to themselves. Uh, um, some there were some things that were shared amongst the three, uh, but the Rams' situation was vastly different than what was going on in Oakland with the Raiders and um, in, in San Diego with the Chargers. And from our perspective in Los Angeles, as we were covering the story, it seemed fairly cut and dry. Back in 1994-ish, whenever you know the, the Rams and St. Louis agreed uh, to uh, for the Rams to move from Southern California to St. Louis, there was a, an, a, a stipulation in the lease which said after a certain period of time, uh, the Edward Jones Dome, after what, was it 15 years, I think it was? Um, ten year. Ten, at, ten year increments. Yeah, and, 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 and at, at a certain point, uh, they would reassess where the Edward Jones Dome when the, uh, was when the Rams moved there in 1995. It was a Tier 1 stadium in the NFL. After a certain period of time, it fell behind. There were a whole bunch of new stadiums that opened up across the NFL, and it fell out of Tier 1. And the agreement was... St. Louis, whatever renovations were going to be needed to bring it up back up to a tier one level was on St. Louis. It was they were going to have to pay for it. And St. Louis readily agreed to that uh, as part of the reason they, they were able to get the Rams to St. Louis. Well, that time came due. And when it was determined by an arbitrator in St. Louis that it was going to cost $700 million to uh, renovate the Edward Jones Dome to tier one status. St. Louis balked and said, no, we're not going to be able to do that. And per the agreement, that triggered a stipulation in the lease, which allowed the Rams to then explore other options, get out of the lease, explore other options, including relocation. Is anything that I just said wrong or inaccurate? No, the, the only thing that I would say is the readily agreeing to that first tier clause was thrown in at the last moment. And there have been all kinds of negotiations. Baltimore was very much in the running for the Rams. And St. Louis had sold a boatload of PSLs uh, to get the Rams. And a lot of people didn't even get PSLs because there were so many orders for them. And it, it also shows the passion that there is for football in St. Louis, which, of course, the Rams at the end of this situation had to somehow show the you know claim to the NFL that St. Louis couldn't support three professional teams, but that that's a side story. Right. But it wasn't it wasn't readily agreed to. It, it went a lot. There was a lot of negotiations that went on, and finally the deal was basically done when John Shaw came in at the very last minute and said, "Oh, by the way, we want this first tier clause." Right, right. And at St. Louis was over a barrel at that point, and so they they agreed to it. And one of the great stories of the time is there was a, a former. Uh, Senator Thomas Eagleson, who was the head of uh, the group that was negotiating this deal. And there was at some point after that, I'm not sure exactly when it was, that they were talking about this first tier clause. And someone said, what a bad deal, what a bad thing in the lease that was. And he says, yeah, I know it was horrible. And he says, and someday 
that might come that not that might come you know that come, might come back to haunt us. But I won't have to worry about it because I'll be long gone. You know, <laughs> meaning he would be dead. Right. Right. And he was. Yes, anyway. exactly. But, but other than that, yes, that was oh, all accurate. Uh, that they would have the you know the ability to go year to year on the lease if St. Louis didn't come up uh, with the money. And let's remember too one little you know part of this is that there would be ten years le- left on the lease at that time, and not only would I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, just pay the money." Well, seven hundred million would would have been I think close to double of what any other city had ever invested in public money for a new stadium, much less a renovated one. But there would also be only 10 years left on the lease. And so that would also give the Rams the out to leave after the end of the lease because there was no, uh, well, there was an effort on St. Louis's part to say, well, let's negotiate an extension of the lease. And that, that was, that was a no starter. Right, uh, a non-start, and so yes, so that gave the uh, the Rams the ability to uh, to look at uh, relocation, which is what they did, and they 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 made that abundantly clear. They they there there was a letter that they uh, sent. Um, I forget exactly. It might have been August of of, of twenty thirteen. Uh, soon after, um, you know, the the a few months after the arbitrator made their ruling, a few months after, or, or sh- and shortly after, St. Louis, I think, officially said, "No, we're not going to be able to do that. Um, we're not going to be able to pay that kind of money uh, under these conditions uh, to to renovate this stadium." Uh, my question, my question to you, and this is where um, the disconnect is, uh, be, uh, I think, at that point. And it was clearly stated that the Rams had the ability to look at other options, including relocation. And the Raider and the Rams made that clear in the letter to St. Louis that that's exactly what they were going to do. Um, where's the claim of being misled? Number one and number two, what were the Rams, in your mind, obligated to do at, at that point after they were told? After, after St. Louis told them we're not going to honor, you know, that we're, we're opting against honoring that stipulation in, in, in the contract or in the lease. What, was, what were the Rams obligated to do at, at that point? That's a great question because I know a lot of the narrative in this is that once, and, and the Rams, try, you know, the Rams are claiming that the good faith negotiations that's required in a relocation did not apply once the lease ran out, and that was the good faith negotiation. Well, let's be honest. I mean, there was no negotiation in the arbitration. It was just the St. Louis came up with a price. The Rams came up with a price. There was no negotiation on a, on a, with the team. You know, let me, let's be honest. If, if, if it was an owner that truly wanted to stay in St. Louis, he would have engaged in negotiation, even on the renovation, and said, well, what, what can we work out here? What can, what can we do? Let's work together. But we know that was not the intent. The intent of Stan Kroenke and, and Stan Kroenke was to, you know, get, have the out come in place so he could put in motion the move. And the reality was, one month after they were they were officially told that they would not pay the money, he was touring Hollywood, the Hollywood Park area, at five thirty in the morning Pacific time, and calling Kevin Dumoff in his office and saying, "Hey, this is a great site. This is going to be unbelievable." For the stadium, that was that was a month later. So we couldn't know we know what the intent right now. But your to your question, what should they have done? Is a lot of people tried to tie the lease to the relocation. Well, the relocation, you know, the lease was an agreement between the two the two entities. 
okay? Relocation involves the NFL and approving a relocation and following relocation policy that the NFL has had in place since the 80s. The big, one of the big ironies, um, Vinny, is that those, that relocation policy was put in place after the Raiders won their lawsuit against the NFL when they didn't want them to move from Oakland to Los Angeles. And Al Davis sued and said, you just don't like me. The league doesn't like me. And so you just say you can't move. But what's that based on? There's no policy. There's no guidelines. There's no rule. There's nothing. Well, after that, the NFL not only wrote the relocation policy, but then updated it twice in the 90s after that. And so there is, there is a procedure. And so that's what St. Louis believes that the Rams should have gone through in a relocation process, which calls for good faith negotiations, calls for uh, that, that a, a team is not entitled to move simply to enrich itself because it's a bigger market. And during that period of time, the league told the NFL, told, told St. Louis over and over that, yeah, these, this policy will be followed and keep doing what you're doing with, with the new stadium that they then you know, put together pretty darn quickly to try and keep the Rams. Personally, what I think they were really trying to do is show the NFL we can do this and hoping that they wanted Cronkies money in L.A. We all know that. But at least they wouldn't have St. Louis be collateral damage and would somehow, like they did with Cleveland, still you know, not have them lose a team in a, in, a pretty, in a very good television market. So I think that deep down they would probably never admit it, but I think that was part of the hope because they often said we, we want to prove to the NFL that we are an NFL city. And so I think what St. Louis wanted was at least some honesty in the fact. And yet when the parcel of land was bought in Hollywood Park, oh, that, oh no, that's not for a stadium. Stan Kroenke does real estate deals everywhere. And, and, and what's come out in the last 24 hours in discovery is that they told Roger Goodell about it and that it was a stadium. And they said, so what's going to be the talking points on this? What do we say? And Goodell lied at the Super Bowl press conference. And, and I think, Vinny, people understand business. But I think it was just the way that this was done and handled. And when Stan Kroenke said back in 2010 that I will do my damnedest to keep this team in St. Louis. And by the way, he said that after I broke a story right after he uh, uh, bought out uh, or, or matched the option, uh, well, exercised his right of first refusal from Shad Khan, the Jaguars owner now, who was trying to buy the shares that were owned by Georgia Frontiers kids. And when that happened in April of 2010, I broke a story that Stan Kroenke was on the L.A. Stadium Committee. And people were going nuts. Oh, my God, he's going to move to L.A. Oh, my God, oh my goodness, he's got the team now, and he's going to move to L.A. And, of course, he came out with an interview and said, I'll do my damnedest to stay. Kevin Demoff said he didn't lead the, ch- lead the charge to bring this team here to lead them out and all that. And then in October of 2010, when the his ownership, his purchase was officially was made official on a vote. I was told that he turned to the he said to the owners in the room, "Los Angeles, baby." <laughs> so th- th- this was, I don't think anyone could deny that this move was not in process officially, but was the goal all along, and and the Rams knew that there was no way the city would be able to pay seven hundred million. So they, they came up with a figure that they had the best chance of winning in arbitration. And a lot of people said, well, you know, if St. Louis had paid it, they'd have the Rams. If St. Louis had bid more, maybe they would have had them. Well, the arbitrator obviously picked 
the seven hundred million. But I think, like I said, I think it was the way that they went about it and then trashed the city and all those things, which was, was, was kind of unfortunate that you would do that to, like I said, an excellent sports town. It's not Los Angeles. I get that. But it's an excellent sports town with a lot of passionate fans who are just amazed at some of the things uh, that, that have happened and, and that are now coming out. And let's be honest, that's why the NFL tried desperately to have this case go to arbitration. They didn't want it in court because court means lawyers, court means discovery, court means people having to tell the truth. And the NFL didn't want that to happen. They even tried to, they tried to take it to the Supreme Court to have it be decided by an arbitrator. And they, they wouldn't even touch the case. So I think it's pretty clear. They don't want a lot of this stuff coming out. And now some of it is. And it, do, it doesn't shine the league in a, in a very good light for you know, the, the, way, you know, the way this happened. Yeah, a couple a couple of thoughts. We're talking to Howard Howard Balzer, a good friend of mine. Uh, covered the St. Louis Rams for years. Uh, was uh, thick in relocation reporting, and uh, from the St. Louis perspective, he's now uh, in Arizona covering or Phoenix covering uh, the, the Cardinals for SI.com. A uh, couple things, uh, Howard. Number one. By the time you know, I heard about this phone call between um, you know Goodell and and, uh, and and Stan Kroenke and some of these other owners. Could I make the argument that at that point, when it was pretty clear, based on St. Louis's ver- not version, but their estimation of 150 million dollars and what St. Louis and what uh, the, the Rams thought it was going to be, and, and it, you know where all that was headed. If I'm a businessman and I see that we're 600 million dollars apart here. Fat chance that if it goes, you know, basically our way, uh, if the arbitrator rules in, in favor of us, fat chance St. Louis is going to be able is, is is going to agree to pay that. Shouldn't I, as a businessman, start looking at other options um, rather than wait for this all to play out? Um, uh, Absolutely, it, it, I, right? I think everyone, every, and I, I've I've never quarreled with that. Yes, look at options. But what normally happens in these situations when a team is looking to move, they make it clear and they say, "Okay, this didn't happen. You know what? You know what? What? You know, is is there a solution? You know, is there a solution? We we can we can work. You know, we can work together on this. We know that that was not you know was not the case. And so, yeah, you can look. I mean, every other city has. I mean, you know, the Rams were looking at other cities when they were trying to get a new stadium in, in the Los Angeles area before they even moved. Uh, to St. Louis. Bill Bidwell, I mean, heck, I lived through that in St. Louis when the Cardinals uh, moved, and he was in St. Louis for three years. Well, and he came right out and said, we need a new stadium. And he watched political people fight over it. He sat back and watched it, and, and then that didn't happen. And then, and then he, <laughs> the amazing thing, Vinny, is that the league allowed him to move to Arizona without an ironclad deal for a new stadium there. And they played in Arizona State Sun Devil Stadium for almost two decades. You know, after they moved, but they allowed that they, they allowed that move. But the reality was, Bill Bidwell was clear. What do you need? Hey, we need a new stadium. Let's, let's work this out. And and it didn't work out. And then he was allowed to leave. And that's like I said, essentially what you know has happened in most other situations. You know, most most of the time that you're frustrated with the, with negotiations or whatever it is. But there were no negotiations. And and like I said, I think it, it is pretty clear that. Stan Kroenke was intent on going to Los Angeles. The, the, the league wanted him to be there, 
and they were they, they were going to do what they could to do it. And you know, one interesting thing is in December of 2015, I, I truly believe that the NFL continued to say, "Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing this. You're doing that." Um, you know, with the stadium plan, they kept saying that because they never thought that St. Louis, in less than a year, or would would put together all the all the aspects to, to have the stadium and including public financing. They never thought that that would come to fruition. Well, all of a sudden, when it was coming true in December, and I don't want to go too much in the weeds on this, there were two instances. There's a board of aldermen in St. Louis that has to vote on on financing packages. There's also a Ways and Means Committee. The board of aldermen is like 29 people. There's an eight-person Ways and Means Committee that listens to proposals and then decides whether to send it to the full board. Well, two days before that first vote, one of the radio guys in St. Louis, Bernie Miklas at 101 ESPN, gets a call from the league asking if he wants to have Eric Grubman on his radio show. And Eric Grubman, of course, was the guy who was coordinating all the stuff with the, with, the different, with the different teams. So Bernie said, sure. Well, the first thing Eric says when he gets on the air is, hey, Bernie, thanks for inviting me on, <laughs> which we know didn't happen. And then he proceeds to trash the stadium proposal and says no team would want that. Isn't that a little odd that two days before a vote by a city, you know, a, you know, a city board that to send it on to the full board that all of a sudden they're trashing publicly on a radio show that the deal is no good. And well, the board of all the, the ways and means committee sent it on anyway. Then <laughs> the vote for the full board was the day after the Rams' last home game in St. Louis, a Thursday night game, last, last regular season home game against Tampa Bay. That I'll never forget this, Vinny. We're all in the press box in the afternoon, and all of a sudden there's a story on the St. Louis Post-Dispatch website with a letter that Roger Goodell wrote to Dave Peacock, who was heading up the St. Louis task force, taking him the task for – not negotiating with good faith, claiming that he didn't tell the Board of Aldermen the true story about the financing package and an extra $100 million that he was told to put in the package by the NFL Finance Committee. And Goodell and said that's unprecedented. It has to be done and has to be approved in a vote. But Peacock had told them all that. But it was a private letter to Dave, to Dave Peacock. And all of a sudden it becomes public the day before the Board of Aldermen fully vote on the financing package. Well, came to find out later that hmm, somehow that letter got to Kevin Demoff, who leaked it to the Post-Dispatch on the day of the game. Well, the Board of Aldermen voted the next day anyway for the financing package. Obviously, it seems that they were hoping that all this negative publicity about how bad this was and this, that they won't vote for it, that the, that the city would say, okay, forget it. We're not going to approve the financing. And if that had happened, there's no stadium deal and there's no it's, – it's a, it's a clean move at that point. Well, we know that they still voted for it, and then you had all the chicanery that was played with mischaracterizations and stuff in the relocation, uh, the relocation application, which in the approval, Roger Goodell said, while $400 million of public money, which everyone knew was the goal all along, is significant, it really should have been $700 million, which is what the money would have been for the uh, – you know, the renovation of the dome. Well, of course, they never said that all along. All of a sudden, that was after the fact. So those are some of the little things 
that happened along the way that we'll see you know how many of them. I'm sure a lot of them are going to come. I don't, I don't know that it'll ever go to court. You have to believe there's going to be a settlement because I don't think the NFL wants a lot of this stuff coming out in court, especially now that some of it's leaking out in discovery. Howard, we're going to take a break. Uh, would you like to uh, – are you able to stay over? Because there's a couple other questions that I had for sure. you, if you can. And one of yeah, which no being is, um, is the beef with the Rams or the NFL? Um, I, you know, there were, there were some issues that I had with the NFL uh, about how all that played out, specifically um, the part about having to disparage their cities, these teams, in order to get approval from their colleagues for relocation. I felt like – to me, um, all three teams should have been freed up to move, and then it would have been based on the merit of whatever the stadium proposals were. It shouldn't have come to the point where the Chargers had to bash San Diego and the Rams had to bash St. Louis. Um, but we'll get into that uh, after 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 the break. Uh, appreciate you staying over. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Welcome back, Raider Nation. You're in the huddle of Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador and uh, Howard Balzer, my good friend uh, from St. Louis, and now in Arizona covering the Cardinals for uh, SI.com, was kind enough to uh, stay a little bit of overtime uh, Howard, you know, we talked about the NFL and the NFL's role uh, in, in all of this. Um, I think there, I'm sure if they had to do it over again, there's some things that they would have done uh, much differently. I was always an advocate of just being honest about the situation. I, I think the Rams had a legal leg to stand on. St. Louis, however you want to say it, was written into the lease last second, right before they, they put pen to paper, whatever the case might be. St. Louis agreed to something. There was a clear trigger and that, that could trigger you know, a, a chain of events beyond that if they didn't agree uh, to live up to that stipulation. Um, it, was, it was clear as day. And I think that that in and of itself, as it was written in the lease, you know, gave, the, gave the Rams the right to look elsewhere, including uh, relocation. I think the guidelines, and I've always felt like this, right or wrong, whatever, however you want to fall on this, but I truly believe that the um, that the, that the NFL relocation guidelines are protection for owner versus owner. I think it only semantically protects cities. I think it's more of they don't want an owner to run amok and just decide they're going to move. Um, you know, and 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 feel like they can move without first getting it okayed. Uh, by their colleagues, by the the uh, thirty one uh, uh, other owners, and I think that had the had the NFL just looked at the situation honestly in Oakland, looked at the situation honestly in San Diego, and and also in St. Louis, based on uh, that that trigger and that clause in that in that um, lease, that all three were eligible to relocate. It would have saved a whole lot of heartache and pain by the cities that were involved especially getting bashed uh, at the end when, you know, those three teams had to show owners why it was that they, why it was that they were moving in, especially the part about having to prove that those three cities were no longer viable as, as NFL cities. I think, I think they would have, I think if they, looking back, they would change that uh, aspect of it. So when I look at what's going on in St. Louis right now, my question is, is the beef more with the NFL 
or with the Rams. To me, the Rams, it was clear as day. Um, and, and they were pretty upfront after that the decision by St. Louis that they were going to look elsewhere. And that included relocation, and that included Los Angeles. I don't think it was any kind of a secret. I don't think the Rams misled anybody uh, at well, that point. They I, never said that. They never said that, though. They continually said, we're committed for this team to be in St. Louis. Kevin Demoff, when the land, the land deal came out, said, no, that's not about a stadium. We're committed to make this team better in St. Louis. Frankly, we haven't done our job well. And we're committed to be better next year and in five years and 20, I forget the exact quote, in 10 years and 20 years. So At they, what point they, did he say that? At what point did Kevin say that? That was when Kroenke made the first purchase of the land near Hollywood Park, the 60 acres adjacent to it, which, by the way, he bought from Walmart, which, of course, we know there's <laughs> that's within the family. But also. couldn't you make the argument? Couldn't you make the argument? Because it was no guarantee that he was going to get the remaining parcel of land at that point. Um, so couldn't you make the argument that, yeah, what's he, honestly, as a, as a businessman, what are they supposed to say? Um, yeah, that's what we're going to do. But what happens if they can't get the remaining land? They couldn't build a stadium on 60 acres of land. They needed the entire 300 acres. Okay, so are we being naive to think that he should have just – thrown all of his cards out on the table after the first parcel of land was built or was purchased. Yeah, I, I, I see your point on that, but in terms, but you were making the point, however, that everyone, that they were public with it, that they were going to look at relocation. They were going to do this and they were going to do that. And sure. Everyone believed in St. Louis that they were, but it wasn't like they were up front. And, and that's what, but my point is, yes, you can be up front though and say, we are going to look at stuff and we're going to look at this land, look at all this, but, we, we let, let's see what deal we can make, but I don't know if there's ever been a time. Maybe there has been, but I don't. I don't know if there's been a, been a time. And and a lot. And I believe one point you made about the relocation aspect of it. I think it does have to do with the home cities because they always say that the the, the move would be reload when there's when there's no, you know, when there's no result or there's no productive result of discussions between the team and the city or whatever entities it is. To, to solve whatever problems the team believe it has. That, that's all in there. And so I don't think it's as simple as, 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 as to just protecting uh, each other. And so I, I think that that's the key. But, but we all know that they, didn't, they weren't going to negotiate with St. Louis because the, the intent was to move and to make it happen and to somehow make it, make it somehow uh, you know, be, you know, go along with those, with those re- relocations. But I get, and, yeah, and my, my I, question is, well, I don't know my, if there's ever, real quick, I don't know if there's ever been a time where a team had a state, you know, had, had a stadium plan, and it wasn't, and that wasn't good enough. And then they tra- not only did they trashed St. Louis, but they trashed the stadium plan because they had to, they had to make it all look bad. Well, so, yeah, and, right, right. And I, 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 that that part of it was, you know, uh, I, I wish it didn't have to be that way. It should have been that way. And I think if they would have, if the NFL would have, uh, you know, thought it out a little bit further, that that part of it wasn't necessary. I think from the Rams' perspective, um, one of the things that they're going to say, I think, is, look, we were we were promised something. You tell us you're not going to honor that promise, and then you expect us to potentially enter into negotiations for something less than what we were promised. Can you see how that, you know, doesn't necessarily sit well um, with the Rams? You're saying you're you're not going to give me what you promised, and now you want me to accept something that 
might be less than what you offered in the first, what you promised in the first, first place. Well, first of all, it wasn't a promise. If it was a promise and the lease had said on this first tier, not only do you have to pay it, but you have to. You know, if it's ruled, then you have to do it. Now, I guess you can always say you're not going to, but it didn't say you have to. It, it, it all spelled out all the dates and all the points, and then it was up to the city to decide if they were going to pay it. So that wasn't necessarily a promise. No, I okay, I, I, I get I or or just the, live up to the other part. The other yeah, part live up to the live up to what the right. stipulation was. Right. But in terms of the other part, in terms of less, well, the new stadium was you know uh, it probably would end up costing more. But it was 1.2 billion dollars. And yes, there was going to be some team money put into it. But he, Stan Kroenke was also going to be was also offered and part of the deal was total control of all revenue from that stadium. He wants to have a, put a soccer team in there, he controls the revenue. Want to have a concert, he controls the revenue. He didn't have that in the Dome. And so I, I, would, I would debate whether this deal was worse. Yeah, you could argue it might be worse because he, he would have had to put some money into it, but a whole lot less than he's putting into Los Angeles. And so, you know, I think those are all the interesting aspects and, and, and details, you know, of, of, of all this. But, you know, the main thing is normally – when there's a, a dispute or whatever it is, the two sides try to work together. But that never truly happened here. I, I don't think anybody could really debate that, that, yes, there was an arbitration process that was followed by the letter of what the process was, but there was never a discussion. And, you know, you know St. Louis probably would have been, they probably would have bid more. And I, you said 150. From my understanding, it was around 200 million, maybe a little more than that. But it still was a lot less than, than what, what, you know, what the arbitrator award was. But if St. Louis knew that there would be a new 30-year lease, they probably would have come, they probably would have come up with a lot more than $200 million. But they, it was almost like a rigged arbitration because there were 10 years left on the lease. And if there was still no team in L.A. by then, Rocky still could have been, okay, I'm leaving now. <laughs> and St. Louis would have been on the hook for even more money to renovate a stadium where, you, where there's no team. La- last so. question, and uh, we've got about 30 seconds, and I appreciate okay. uh, you, you staying over. Um, why did it take so long for St. Louis to come up with the task force? Um, to my knowledge, my recollection, the Rams sent that letter, delivered that letter in August of, t- of 2013, clearly stipulating going to start looking elsewhere, including relocation. Um, I think from their perspective, there's who are we supposed to negotiate with when it took another year, over a year, before St. Louis decided to put together a task force to start looking at this? Well, you wouldn't have needed a task. St. Louis was trying to engage with Kroenke and see what what could be done. Now, maybe that went on a little too long. I I can't quarrel with that. But I I think that, you know, part, you know, part, part of it was is they, they were trying, trying to negotiate to see what they could do. And when they finally re- absolutely realized that, hey, this is a non-starter, then we've got to put, put something together. You wouldn't have needed a task force if there was negotiations with the team on how to settle this and keep the team there. You wouldn't have needed a task force. They only needed it because they knew that Kroenke was, was, was looking to move by that point. And then you know, they ended up putting together. It was announced, it was announced I believe, around November of the, the one particular year it was. It had been in the works for a while before that, but they were investigating a lot of other aspects. They just weren't going to announce this until they really had something that they felt they could go forward with. So it had been talked about and discussed for a long time. The, the task force became official 
when it did, which was about, I guess, August, uh, well, July to, to November, I think it was. So what is that, 16 months or August? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But it, it, was, it, it was being talked about and planned, but it wasn't official until then. But well, the bottom line is they got a stadium deal, and yeah. it still wasn't deemed good enough. It'll be interesting to see uh, where all this is headed. I, I'd, I'd like love to have you back on the show to talk about what their what St. Louis's endgame uh, is in, in all this, in terms of what it, what exactly uh, they want to come out of uh, of this. Uh, that's a, a, a conversation for another day. I truly appreciate uh, you, you dropping in uh, and spending some time with us in the huddle and staying a little bit extra uh, overtime to run another series. Really appreciate it, Howard. Thank you very much, Emma. Anytime, Vinny, whenever you want me, just uh, give a shout. Take care. Good. Will do. Will do. That's Howard Balzer, a good friend of mine uh, who did a great job reporting from St. Louis. Um, it was, like I said, an interesting, to say the least, situation when you're talking about covering it from the St. Louis perspective. We were covering it from the Los Angeles perspective. Um, it's always good to, to talk things uh, out. Uh, I'm not quite sure where all this is headed for St. Louis and the, um, you know, and, and the lawsuit. Um, I'm wondering if they, they're almost better off trying to work with the NFL to potentially get a team back uh, to St. Louis. Uh, we'll see if that um, is part of the equation uh, at some point. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Ibarra. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Our thanks again to my good friend Howard Balzer uh, shedding some light on the Rams relocation and St. Louis to, to, to Los Angeles and the lingering lawsuit. I understand why St. Louis uh, is upset. You know, they lost the Rams, but it's going to be difficult for St. Louis to get over the part of this is what the stipulation was. This is what it triggered if you didn't honor it. And once they opted against honoring it, the Rams acted on what the agreement said that they could act on, made it very clear that they were going to start looking elsewhere for other options, including relocation. No, Vinny, but the evidence is making it look like something fishy was going on, something nefarious was going on, and that's the real issue. That's why we need to get to the bottom of this case. And there was, But there was no secret (laughs) that with Los Angeles being open, that that was a strong possibility. The Rams had played there for 46 years. And, you know, uh, the way I wrote it was imagine being a free agent football player who's playing in Detroit and the, the Lions or whoever it is decide against offering you the max contract, making you a free agent. And then, oh, by the way, here comes the hometown team in Los Angeles ready to offer you the max contract. That's basically what happened. The St. Louis decided against offering the Rams the max contract. Los Angeles was waiting for them to come back. And that's 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 the fact of the matter. There was no secret. That's why I, I, I pushed back on St. Louis was misled. If you're misled, to be perfectly frank. But I feel like the player situation doesn't really go that doesn't really fit that well because we were talking about Derek Carr last week with Devontae Adams. And yeah, he can say that all we can say that all he wants. 
but there would be like there's not tampering because Derek Carr says he wants to play with his best friend. But if the Raiders were saying like, man, as soon as that contract's up, we know that he's coming here. Yeah, the Packers would have a gripe to be like, well, what's going on with that? Like, we've known for years that he was going to go, like, no matter what we offered. Um, you know, uh, you, again, uh, there was an agreement in place, and there was clear stipulations of what could happen if that agreement wasn't honored. And it it clearly said that it allowed the 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 um, you know the Rams to to turn what was a thirty year lease now into year to year leases a year go by uh, year to year, and also be able to look elsewhere for other options, including relocation. And St. Louis agreed to that, albeit probably reluctantly, but eyes wide open. What happened with St. Louis is they never quite. They didn't know. They couldn't foresee what was about ready to happen. I counted that, if I remember correctly, from about 1995 to about 2014 or so, 2015, there were, I think, 17 or 18 new stadiums built across the NFL. So the Edward Jones Dome, which in 1995 was a Tier 1 stadium, almost over the course of the next 15 or so years, 20 years, went from Tier 1 to, to, to well below Tier 1. And St. Louis was in no position at that point to honor that stipulation in, in the lease. And from the Rams' perspective, this is how they looked at it. This is what the, their argument will be. Okay, so you opted against honoring something that, whether you want to call it a promise or an understanding that this is it, this is what you have to do or else this can happen. You didn't honor that stipulation, and now you want us to start talking about a deal less than what was originally offered. That didn't sit well with the Rams. And did they have an eye on Los Angeles? Absolutely. Every team in the league that was dealing with any kind of a stadium situation was looking at Los Angeles, this big, wide-open, second-biggest market in the country, vacated, and empty. Somebody was going to go to Los Angeles eventually. And here's the other part of it from the Rams' perspective. Did they have to act fast? Did they, um, you know, with Los Angeles, somebody was eventually going to go to L.A. Uh, A stadium proposal was uh, agreed upon in in Los Angeles, uh, right next door to Staples Center, that the Chargers nearly moved to. The Chargers were this close to accepting that deal. Uh, to move to Farmer's Field in 2013, I think it was, 2014. But something happened at the last end of the uh, negotiations which prevented that. That would have completely stopped the Rams from going to Los Angeles had that happened. And they knew that somebody was – that there were, eventually somebody was going to take up um, uh, AEG's offer for Farmer's Field. Somebody was going to – in the NFL was eventually going to move there. And so when they got there out – which they freely and uh, agreed upon, you know, when they signed that lease with St. Louis and St. Louis signed off on, when they got their opportunity to look elsewhere, that's exactly what they did. And it's, and so I'm, I'm, you know, when you talk about being misled, nobody was misled. Everybody and their uncle was talking about, I remember in 2011, 2012, you know, people saying, keep an eye on the Rams. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but they have an out in their in their lease that allows them to 
shorten that lease and go to a year-to-year and be free to move basically whenever they want, provided the NFL agrees on it and green lights it, keep an eye on the Rams potentially going back to Los Angeles. And I could remember thinking, nah, that's never going to happen. Then I started looking at the lease agreement. I'm like, wait, they actually have a – they do have an out here. And if St. Louis doesn't play their cards right, they could play their way right out of holding on to the Rams. There's no relocation to Los Angeles, none if St. Louis doesn't le- uh, or, or, or shorten the length of that lease by not honoring a key stipulation in that lease. None. It negates all of that if St. Louis just decides, okay, we're going to pony up, we're going we're gonna, to uh, fork over, pay the $700 million. Um, pay the $700 million like it's just so easy. I, I mean, it's not. I don't control that. Yeah, but you're 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 a real loophole guy right now. Like, uh, it's, it's not, not a loophole. It's not a loophole. It's a clear stipulation. Nobody had to go searching for that loophole. It was looming. Everybody understood it was coming up, and it was coming due. That's why people that I talked to in the NFL were like, "Hey, keep an eye on the Rams. If this breaks a certain way, there's a good chance that they're going to move back to Los Angeles." I was like, "Nah." And then I read what I, I started doing my research and realized, "Whoa." <laughs> that, 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 this so that's that's why I'm that I my point is there was no misleading. Everyone understood that if that agreement wasn't um honored, the Rams were likely going to look to Los Angeles. It was an open dialogue. Everybody talked about that. So for for you know for for St. Louis to say, well, we got misled throughout the whole thing. How you're even admitting? Howard Balzer even admitted, said, you know that there was talk in St. Louis that the Rams were going to start um, you know looking toward Los Angeles. So nobody duped anybody. It was. Pretty open knowledge that the Rams were gonna were gonna uh, probably pursue L.A. if St. Louis didn't honor um, that stipulation in, in in the lease. So I don't know what the end game is here for St. Louis. Um, I, I I truly believe the Rams are dug in on their position, and I think they're gonna fight this tooth and nail. They truly feel like there was no way they they don't feel like they were obligated to accept negotiations for a deal that fell short of the original deal they agreed to to move from St. Louis or from Los Angeles to St. Louis. In their eyes they're like, "Why? We don't there's nobody that says that we have to do that." And that's not bad faith negotiations in their eyes to start negotiations towards something that they felt was less than what they were promised from the very beginning. So, we'll see where it's all headed. Uh, I do know this. Uh, the, the Rams are doing fabulous uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, things are going great there. Things are going great, obviously, here for the Raiders uh, at Allegiant Stadium. It all kind of worked out the way it should. I'm sorry to, uh, you know, for St. Louis. Hopefully, they'll get a team at some point. Um, we'll see. But uh, but I don't think there was anybody. No one was misled. Everybody understood that this was a strong possibility for the Rams moving back to Los Angeles. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. I want to say thanks to uh, Eddie Pascal Pascal for uh, joining us uh, in the huddle from Raiders.com. Howard Balzer for joining us in the huddle. Thanks to Damon Cotton for doing everything that he does to make us sound good. We'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6, in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador.